What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Beware of Bulldogs podcast. If you guys want to follow us, go on Instagram, follow us at Beware of Bulldogs podcast, or on Twitter at Beware CSUF. Today, we we talked to Marvell Harris, former Fresno State Bulldog basketball player and all-time leading scorer. We talked uh, what it's like playing in the pit, what his relationship was like with Rodney Terry. We talked about overseas basketball and the impact his dad had on his life. Michael and I had a great time talking to Marvell. Marvell, thank you again. And please, everyone, enjoy Marvell Harris. You ready to go, Michael? You good? I'm ready. Michael's in the car. He's on his way to the Niners game. 49ers. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. You Niners fan? Oh, hell no. No. I'm just <laughs> what? Saying. I'm, saying, I'm saying you're lucky you get to go to a football game. It's kind of tragic that it's a Niners game, but, you know. <laughs> Who's your team? Hey, Who's I, your team there? I am a diehard Ravens fan. I've been a Ravens oh, fan my since gosh. the Ray Lewis golden days, you know, but – Right now, I mean, we're, we're, we're like we're ha- we have a solid record right now, but we're going through it. I honestly thought we'd be doing way worse. Dude, Lamar's banged up, they're, but they're thinking he's going to try to play. Yeah, at this point, it's kind of like why. Yeah, right. Like everybody's on the COVID reserve list. We lost this year. This year has just been a it's been a stressful year for me as a as a Ravens fan. We lost both. We lost all of our running backs. We had to literally go get all new running backs for the start of the season. We lost both of our starting corners, both pro bowlers. We've been playing with backup guys, and now the backup guys got COVID, so we're playing with backups, backups. And this is it, – our defensive line's been hurt. They've been banged up. Man, man, I don't know how we're doing what we're doing. I guess it's just luck of the draw, but – I heard they called you and they wanted you to suit up. Yeah, man, I was going to go out there and catch a couple of, you know, favorite. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm a red zone guy, you know, anytime they, but they try to, they want me to go across the middle or anything like that. Nah, <laughs> I'm strictly, I'm strictly fade routes to the corner of the end zone. I can score get touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I'm just scoring touchdowns, you know, you know, closing out drive if need be. Did you play well, football growing up? Yeah, I played football all the way up until my senior year in uh, in high school. I actually got recruited by Fresno State for football as well as basketball. Why didn't you really? play both? There's no way my coach Terry was letting me do that. <laughs> like, like once I signed that basketball scholarship, and then it was crazy because the football guys was like, come out here, and you know the football coach was all for it. But I'm like, I want to, but like Coach Terry's like, no, not happening. <laughs> You think somebody could pull it off in today's climate? Not in today's climate because it's too much. It's it's like, I mean, I think physically we have the athletes to do it, but I don't know if if they'll be able to like if the coaches will be able to work with them because it's such a high demand from just one sport. So you throw another sport in there, especially if you're a key guy. It's kind of like if you're a key guy for football. 
and you're worried about basketball or vice versa, it's kind of like, you know, it's so much, it's so demanding when you're like one of those athletes, like they're depending on. Now, if you're just a guy on the roster, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying every guy doesn't matter, but, you know, if you're a guy who is like, I guess you could say expendable, you know, a guy who doesn't really play too many minutes, but it's more there helping in practice, you know, making the guys better. When you play, you play hard, that type of guy, you probably can do it. But if you're a guy playing major minutes and on any side of it, then it's kind of, it, it's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, where, where are you from originally? I'm from San Bernardino, California. I went to high school in Rialto, California. So a lot of people get like, they think I'm from Rialto, but I'm from San Bernardino, California, but they're literally like cousins. You could say like, <laughs> you can walk 10 steps this way and be in Rialto. You can walk 10 steps this way and be in San Bernardino. So, so why'd you best go- like? But why'd you go to Rialto? Is that the school uh, that you were in? Yeah, I went to Eisenhower High School in Rialto. Um, they're bad at, at the time. Like even now, you could say they're coming back up. But like they were just known for basketball. Like especially like south of LA. Like like they had uh, we have state championships, CIF championships. Like they've been winning for a while. Like they were known to just be like kind of like a basketball powerhouse at that time and at the time when I was uh when I was in San Bernardino I was just around a lot of bad like it was just a lot of it was too much to worry worry about outside of like you know what I was doing so I would get caught up you know missing classes things like that just trying to fit in so my dad was just like I got to get you around people you don't know so you're going to have no choice but to go to school have no choice but to go to practice and things like that. So I think it was just like a change of scenery was the best thing for me at that time. Made me focus. When did you switch schools? I switched schools after my freshman year. So as a sophomore like that, no, I switched schools like literally finals week of my freshman year. So I took new, I took finals at a completely different school. (laughs) That sounds awesome. so I was there like, what the hell is going on? Like, like, but I could say that the, the things they teach you are pretty much similar. Like, it wasn't like it was – the only thing was weird about it was I was around all these new people. So I'm like, what the hell? What was but, that like, trying to get make new friends, get to know new teammates? I mean, for me, it was simple because, like, I, I, people tell me I talk too much. So I'm like a <laughs> – I'm a people's person, so, like, I just kind of like people kind of gravitate towards me, you know, like I'm like funny, I guess. So like, it wasn't hard for me to just go up to people and be like, Hey, like, what are you guys doing? Like, that was like kind of the norm for me. So, I mean, I'm not saying I could just go up and make friends, you know, but it was, it would, I think it was way easier for me than the average person, Mm -hmm. you know, especially being like better, like better in sports and things like that. So, you know, people kind of like want to figure out who you are anyway. At what point did you uh, say, hey, I'm pretty good at basketball. I, I want to play basketball for a living. Uh, t- to be honest, I, I don't think I, I don't think that there ever was a point like I really thought that because I was just like playing basketball. And, like at first it wasn't even about like being better. It was just kind of like 
to get out of like the negative things that were away like I was around. So when I was playing, I never thought like I'm better than these guys. I always thought like this shit is fun. Like we're having a great time. <laughs> um like so I mean I guess once it started becoming more political, I would say around like really now it, it becomes political. That. That's my son. He's going crazy in the background. <laughs> but how, uh, how old is he? A, He's 18 months. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's just, he's throwing chips everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this guy's do. I don't know where he gets it from. <laughs> Got to get it from his mom, right? Definitely from his mom, Tiger. You know, I'm the calm one. <laughs> yeah, no, but, you know, I think, I think for me, it, it, when it became political, that's when I started noticing, like, you know, the different treatment and how guys, you know, who were considered, you know, better and things like that. So, I mean, around, I would say, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. You said you were uh, trying to get away from those negative things. What were some of those negative things? Like the things you talked about, just like, just like classes and know, stuff like that? or No, nah, it, it wasn't necessarily like me not wanting to do the stuff I was supposed to do it was just falling in with bad crowds, you know, like the area is known for like gang violence, you know, stuff like that. So just pretty much like the cool thing was to say, not hang out, try to get girls, you know, not go to, not go to school, not try pretty much. So like all my friends, you know, I wouldn't even say all my friends, but for the most part, the, the majority of the crowd we were around, they were into those things. Like pretty much people would just go to school. The only reason they were really at school was for the sports and like the social life. So I guess I got caught up in that, not thinking school matters and stuff. And then when it's your senior year and you're like, damn, why do I have to take all these classes? Then it's kind of hits you like, damn, I guess that did both those classes I missed did matter. You know, those things I didn't do did matter. You said you got to play with some uh, some fun fun people in basketball. They got some good basketball players down there. Anybody uh, notable you play with uh, during high school? In high school, in high school. Let me see. Play with a guy named Andrew Bach. He ended up he went to Creighton and ended up transferring to Pacific. I played with a guy named Kirby Gardner. He ended up transferring after doing a year or two at JUCO to Oklahoma State. Uh, what else did I play with? Man, I, I swear I felt like I was just in high school. High school's like, I'm getting old, man. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting old. I can't even think of faces now. Uh, I mean, uh, our program was good, so a couple of guys did, you know, try to further their career after after uh, high school at different programs. You know, not everyone panned out, but like, I feel like a lot of people had the opportunity just because of what we accomplished as a high school team. Mm-hmm. When you were in high school, what kind of ball player were you? Um, I would pretty much say the same one I am now. Like, I was always, like, physical. Like, I like to get downhill, finish at the rim. You know, like, just – I like contact from football, obviously. So, I guess I was just physical. And I was, like – it's crazy because, like, my first two years of high school, I wasn't even, like, six foot. Then, like, my junior year, I had, like, a growth spurt. 
And then I was like six one, six one or something like that out of nowhere. In my senior year, I got to like six three. And it was just like I hit these growth spurts. And it was kind of like I was already physical. And, you know, like for my size finishing, I, I, I finished at a high level. So, like, when I got like the height, it was kind of like, all right, now this guy's somebody we need to take a look at because when I was really a late bloomer. So, I didn't really, I didn't get any offers until my senior year of high school for basketball. And who and offered who was, you? Oh. I had like, uh, obviously, Fresno State. I had like, I had like pretty much all of the Pac 12 like looking at me. Because I was like one of the later West Coast recruits, and it was like I, we played in a tournament, like in one of those early December, Christmas type tournaments. We were playing against like all these D1 guys committed and stuff like that. And I had like a forty point game, and then everybody was like, "Who is this kid?" And then from there, it was just like my coach told me, like he would never tell me exactly who was like offering because he wanted. He was all like, "I want you to stay humble, you know, just focus on what you're doing." But he was like, like. Every day or every other day, he was like, I got a call from these guys or I got a call from these guys. But it was pretty much like the whole Pac-12. Because I, um, I, I know I remember, like, I would see, like, Cal and I, just all, especially all those local schools. Like, Long Beach State offered offer me, I believe, who else? It was, I don't even remember. Like I said, man, this, this was so long ago. Like, I'm just trying to. Like, I just know it was a lot of Pac-12 schools. I think it was, it was uh, like offer. No, not South Carolina State, just South Carolina. Mm. That's the Gamecocks? Or, yeah. yeah. I don't remember. I just remember that the mascot being like a funny name. You know, I was yeah. in high school, so I was like Gamecock. Like, uh, that was just hilarious to me at the time. So that's why I know I remember that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was a couple offers. Like, they were later, but it was like, I, I for sure had a lot of options. So then why did you choose to come to Fresno State? Uh, Fresno State was, like, outside of, like, some of the Pac-12 schools. Like, I've seen them the most. Like, like they would come to a lot of my games um, when it came to making sure I was, like, meeting the requirements. Like, I remember sometimes I would see these dudes on campus. Like, they wouldn't even tell me they were there, but they would be on campus, like, talking to counselors, advisors, trying to figure out what I could do. And I felt like, like they showed a lot of interest and it made me like, I'm like, okay, like these guys obviously, you know, want me to come to their program. And whenever you're wanted that much, you know, I was always told like, go where you're wanted, you know? So, well, not go where you want, go where you need it, you know, not where you want it. And I felt like for what they were showing me was kind of like, okay, we need this guy. This guy we got to have. So them just showing that interest is, that was really a big, a big thing for me. Did you know anything about Fresno State? Um, at the time, no. <laughs> at the time, I was like, when I was like, when I was in high school, I was just like living in the moment. I wasn't even thinking about like college, nothing. I wasn't into like the only college I really paid attention to was Oregon because, like, I don't know, that was like my dream school, but it was only my dream school because the Nike Connect. So I'm like, I go to Oregon, I'm gonna have so much Nike gear, it's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Uh, I'm a huge Oregon like, <laughs> Man, Oregon was – I was like, man, I got to get there. But, you know, yeah, Fresno, they just – they were they, – they, uh, they showed they, – they made me feel the most comfortable too. But, 
yeah, I mean. So once you got on campus, what was it? Uh, what were you like? Were you enjoying your decision, or was it? Uh, were you having some second guesses once you got to campus? Uh, hell yeah! I mean, I don't think anybody doesn't have second guesses after that first practice. Cause I was like, <laughs> "What the hell, coach?" I was like, "You brought me here for this? I was like, you gonna treat me like this? You should have left me where I was. I could have went to another school." But me, <laughs> in hindsight, looking back, it was the best thing for me. Cause I'm like. Like he, I was like, bro, I'm a freshman. Why are you on me like so much? But I guess he's seen like, you know, something I didn't see in myself because like from day one, like he was always on me. And I was kind of like looking around like these other freshmen, like you don't tell them anything. Like, like you obviously you coach them hard, but like you, you let them get away with things that I noticed you don't let me get away with. And, you know, as a freshman, it's kind of hard to be like, you know, to have that mindset. I just need to worry about myself. I need to do what I'm supposed to do. Because you're always thinking, why, how come this guy does that? Or how come he gets to do this? You're not really focusing on yourself like you're supposed to be. So, I mean, of course, y'all had those second thoughts. <laughs> but uh, my dad's the type of person. He's like, nah, you go somewhere, you're going to finish. <laughs> so I was just stuck. <laughs> who was uh, Who are some of the older players that you uh, kind of looked up to or took under their wing? Um. Uh, it was Tyler Johnson, Jerry Brown, Kevin Foster, um, KO, Kevin Olakey Bay. Uh, who else? Yeah, those. I mean, we had other, we had some other guys too. I know we had like a guy named Garrett Johnson, but one of the ones, some of the ones who I really, you know, who really like took me under their wing was like um, Kevin Foster and uh, Jerry Brown. And what did they do to kind of help you get in the swing of things in, in Fresno? I mean, they pretty much just kind of like, you know, on those, on those tough days, you know, when you're kind of like missing home, you know, they're just like, hey, man, let's do this. Let's play the game. Let's get some food, you know, things like that when it came to basketball. You know, they they would try to help me understand plays, you know, things like that, you know, just to try to keep me, like, ahead of the curve, I guess. Um, and, you know, they would always remind me, like, you know, Coach Terry's on you because, obviously, you know, he sees something in you. Like, he wouldn't be. And just, you know, just things that you need to hear to keep you going. And uh, those, those type of things really got me through until I was able to understand for myself, you know, able to, like, be the guy giving out advice. So you go from dropping like 40 year in high school, like your senior year, and then freshman year, you're, you're coming off the bench primarily, right? So like, what was that? What was that like? Was that tough for you? Yeah, it was definitely tough because I felt like, you know, me, that part of, another part of the reason me going to Fresno, and I'm like, I, I, if I go to these bigger schools, you know, I'm going to be, I'm, you know, who knows? Every year, you know, you kind of like fighting for your scholarship. Not saying we weren't at Fresno, but it's kind of like, the type of talent they go after, the type of talent they recruit. And with the politics of it, it's kind of like, you know, every year there's a five-star coming in probably, you know, and, and they, they they want this guy or he wants to be one and done. So, I mean, it was a, it was a big adjustment for me because I felt like, you know, going to Fresno, I would, I would be able to get, you know, be a starter or get that play time. And I remember I kind of told the guys, like, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that. And they were kind of just laughing at me, like, dude, like, I don't know who you think you're playing, you're playing over because you're not playing over me. Like, 
And it was just, I was just kind of <laughs> like, wait, what's going on? going on here. I thought you guys were my friends. It's kind of like, they are, but it's that competitive energy that you need to get better, too. So, I mean, I didn't play. It's not like I didn't play. I, I think I, I played, I played, like, at least, I want to say, like, 20 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you were but, you were still scoring a, a good amount, just coming off the bench a little bit, right? Yeah, just coming off the bench, you know, being the main scorer, and then, but it was, it was kind of like a reset for me in high school, because, you know, starting in high school, like, when I got to where I was, it was kind of like so, uh, my sophomore year, I, I played varsity, but I was on the bench the whole year, like getting no minutes. Like it was games I didn't play. And the games I did play, it was like blowout wins, get in like the last two minutes type thing. So I was used to having to, you know, prove that I'm able to pretty much compete and, and, and be like one of those guys. So even though I, I didn't like it, and even though it's something that I, I, I feel like, I chose the school because I wanted to go a different route. Um, I think it was the best for me. You know, it made me work hard. It made me a better player. What was the main thing that you had to work on to get more playing time? I know like guys come into school, come into the program. They're like, okay, we want you to be a scorer. We want you to get stronger. We, you, we want you to work on your shooting, dribbling. What was your thing that you need to work on to get more playing time or minutes? And I was scrawny. I think I had to work on it. Coach Cherry used to always tell me, you got to get in the weight room. You got to get in the weight room. <laughs> and I'm like, man, like, I, I'm trying. Like, my body's just not not developing. I don't know what's wrong <laughs> with it. But, yeah, it was just getting stronger. And then on top of that, I think it was me being confident in myself because a lot, the way the way these guys carried themselves was kind of like, you know, even if they weren't the man, they carried themselves like, I should be a starter. I should be the best player. I should be that. Not saying it was any selfish intent behind it, but it was like they carried themselves like, you know, I'm just as good as the best guy on the team. So I think me being confident and not like being timid and, you know, being a, a more aggressive and just getting stronger, those were the main things I had to work on. And what, what was it like coming in and learning new plays, learning a new culture? Uh, was that difficult at all? I, I, saw, I hear it differently. Sometimes it's difficult to learn new playbook, uh, how things are ran. Sometimes it's not. Um, the As far as the, the culture part, you know, Coach Terry and had came in the year before me, but like it was with obviously with a team he didn't put together. So I was part of his first recruiting class. So like I feel like the year I came in is when we started trying to build that culture. You know, like he wanted to establish like what he wanted – for his program. So I feel like I was part of building that culture. And then um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, is, was, it, was it difficult to like learn to play like a play style, a new play style? Oh yeah. The, the plays, the plays. Um, to be honest. Yeah. Because I felt like they could have been a little bit more patient with us, but we were putting in plays after plays after plays. Maybe that's what they did at the college level, but coming from high school, I was like, wait, what the hell is going on right now? You're talking about five more plays. I'm still trying to learn these plays on top of me trying to pick up how I'm going to study and how I'm going to get my homework done and stuff like this. So I'm and like, lift weights. And lift weights. I'm like, bro, this is like, it's not enough hours in a day. Like, we got we to gotta slow this down. We got to do something. Especially when you're trying to, I think, in, in that aspect of it, it's more of, I would say like your position because me, I was a guy who had to learn the playbook at like almost three positions, like the one, the two, and the three, pretty much. 
So when you're trying to pick up new plays at three positions, it's kind of like more difficult than a guy who just has to learn that one position. I think that's why you say you hear different stories because a lot of guys have to learn multiple positions. Some guys can just stick in like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do at this position. That's what I'm going to do. But I'm trying to look at three positions during one play. So it's kind of like, what's going on, man? <laughs> well, your uh, sophomore, junior year, you get – you start to break out a little bit. You're starting your first team all Mountain West one year. Honorable mention the other year. I think you were first team defense one year. You led the league in minutes one year. What clicked for you your sophomore and junior year? Was it just some more minutes with the guys? Was it coaches or, or was it all of it or what, what clicked? It was definitely it was definitely the more play time because I felt like in the in the time I was getting out of it, obviously there were guys who was there, you know, when I was a freshman who probably I wouldn't say probably who were just, you know, more physically ready than me. Like who were able to to, to maybe like who maybe I could have scored a little bit more offensively, but they were able to pick up schemes and, and learn scouting reports and, and the things that go along with that, you know, it's kinda like it's not always the skill, sometimes you got to know how to, oh, they're running this player, know how to guard this player. You got to be physical enough to fight through a screen. So, I mean, once I was able to get stronger and then coaches seeing like, okay, he can, he can guard more, he can do this and that, and I was able to play more, that's when the production – I knew the production was going to come. It was just a matter of time. So, yeah, for sure, the minutes. And then, you know, me stepping into a role as being one of the leaders on the team, you know, establishing that over the summer and things like that. How did you do that? How did you establish being a leader? I mean, you just, um, in those in those individual workouts, in those summer, those summer workouts, you know, it's all competing. You're pretty much competing for like, because you don't come in in the fall and it's like, okay, we're going to figure out who you, you, you earn all those minutes in the, uh, in the summer. So pretty much battling with guys, you know, in, in, in the three-on-three three workouts, the four-on-four four workouts, the guard workouts, things like that, and just pretty much trying to kick everybody's ass. And once you do that, and people <laughs> like, okay, this is a different Marvell from freshman Marvell. You know, you put on that extra 10, 15 pounds, it's kind of like, okay, we can't push him around anymore, you know. And once guys see that, and then also the, the, the work effort, when guys see you, working all the time and then you have the talent to go along with it, they're gonna respect you. And they're gonna like, you know, gonna be like, okay, I understand. I get it. This is our guy. What was it like playing for Coach Terry? Me and Coach Terry had our <laughs> I remember my first year when I came <laughs> in, me and Coach Terry, we bumped heads, man. We bumped heads. And, Why and is it was that? like it wasn't even just it was because he wanted to coach me hard, and I had been coached hard, but it was kind of like I had I had been coached hard, but I felt like this was like I was away from home being coached hard. So it was like I had been coached hard as a kid. I hadn't I hadn't been coached hard with somebody trying to treat you like an adult. So you know, it was two different like it was it's two different like feelings. Like when you're getting coached as an adult, it's kind of like I'm not gonna baby baby you. I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. I'm gonna tell you exactly what you need to hear. Like you're not a baby. Like you, you're not like you're not going home to your your parents. You're going home on that scholarship money that you're getting from us from the school. So we're gonna treat you like an adult. So I mean, and that's why a lot of people come in. Like like over the years, you know, everybody had you have your guys who you're gonna bump heads because you you know you're just not accepting that coaching. And then they're kind of looking around. It's like the same I was 
oh, how come this guy gets to do that? How come this guy gets to do that? Or this guy gets to do that? I'm kind of like, I've been through the fire already. You know, I, I were where you were and I just worked and I was able to overcome it. So you can either point fingers or you can just get better. And I feel like when, when I first got there, you know, me and Coach Cherry both texted, he wanted me to be better. And I, and he want it was like, he wanted it to happen. Like he seen it could happen fast. And you know me, I felt like as a freshman, I had time, but it's kind of like those years go by so fast. Next thing you know, you wake up, you're a junior. So I was like kind of fighting fighting it and then once I accepted it I just got better as a player and better as a person so you guys the senior year you guys you, you broke the school record in points but like you guys went go to the, win the Mountain West tourney you play in March Madness was that like what were the goals going into that year because I mean you guys had a pretty stacked team you had Paul Watson if I remember right you had GT you mm -hmm. got Cesar Guerrero you had some you had some ballers on that team so like what was the mindset going into your your final year as a dog yeah, the, uh, our mindset was we definitely wanted to man Mountain West to make the tournament. You know, every year that was our goal. But our senior year, I feel like talent-wise, we had the team to do it. Like, we had those guys you named. And then not only those guys, like you named DT, like he couldn't play, but he was, we were practicing against him every day. We had, like, Jerron Hopkins couldn't play, but we're practicing against him every day. So you got, like, all these elite caliber guards who end up playing the next year and having their little run, but you're practicing everybody every time you're practicing, you know, it's guys getting after each other. So our goals were to make we lived up to our goals. Obviously, you know, everybody wants to win a, a national championship, but you know, anything can happen to March Madness. So I feel like our primary goal was to get to March Madness. What was it like playing in the tournament? It well in the Mountain West tournament. Well that one that I mean that one that one's crazy because it's like the um, the farther you get, the 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 crazier the games get. The the better seed you are, like you know, the more intense games you are. Like you're a, a and that really goes for even if you're a lower seed. Because if you're a lower seed and you're playing in those early games, as you if you win, let's say you steal some victories, you win, then you play in a later game. You play in a, a higher seed. And it's like those those games get more intense. The fans become crazier and things like that. The atmosphere gets way way better. So. It's super exciting. Like, it's super exciting. And it's like, at that time, it's all about basketball. Like, everybody in the country is playing. Everything's being broadcast. Everybody's watching. And, you know, like, it's like surviving events. It's super exciting. And um, I feel like that's the best time of the year, too. And that's when players get to show what type of player they are. Because, you know, at, at this time, you played every team twice, maybe three times. Everybody knows your your plays. Everybody knows tendencies. Everybody knows what people like to do. So at this point, it's about players showing who's the better player. Mm -hmm. So you kind of live for those times as a player. And and you guys, what seed were you guys in that tournament? I don't remember. My senior year, we were a two seed. Okay, and then you guys so played we San Diego seed. State in the championship. Yeah, they were a one seed. Yeah, what was it like playing San Diego State? I mean, they've been good for. Long time, forever. No, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those those guys were those guys were good, man. They were they were like good, and we had beat them. Like they were undefeated in uh Mountain West play. I think they were like twelve and zero or something like that. And they had came to save Mark back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until really like the last minute. I think uh, 
Juice had got a steal, came down, hit a three, and it kind of like opened the game up. But it was like the last minute, then they end up, we end up getting a, they get getting a stop, they had to foul, and it's kind of like after that we had like in that game it was like you could finally breathe in that in that that final let's say thirty seconds. The whole game you were kind of like it was just back and forth, but that game was crazy. Probably one of my favorite games. Not even just because it was a championship Mountain West game, but just because the the atmosphere was like crazy. Were you was that the year you also played Wyoming at home and went to double overtime against Larry Nance Jr. Was that that no, same that year? Was my, that was my junior year. That was my junior year. That was a crazy. Was Larry, game. I remember sitting in the yeah. stands watching that. That was nuts. Yeah, yeah, Larry Nance. Yeah, that was my junior year because uh, he wasn't there my senior year. But yeah, no, we. I definitely remember that game too. But this San Diego State game, I don't know. Maybe because it, it was, it could have possibly been my last game as a Fresno State Bulldog. I don't know what it was, but my adrenaline, everything was just like on ten. Like I was just super excited for that game. I want to know what it's like. I've always wondered this. I want to know what it's like. You you practice in the North Gym, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, I gotta remember the North or South. I guessed. I'll be honest, but I guess uh, then then you go and you play in the Save Mart Center. Is there any trouble like for shooters when you transition? You're practicing in one and then you go play a game in another. No, nah, I don't think I think I think a shooter is a shooter. Like you're you're not just a shooter because you can shoot in one gym. A shooter is a shooter who can shoot. Like you can go get them a bucket and say, "Hey, throw this rock in there." Like shooters. <laughs> A shooter's gonna like from my experience, shooters are gonna be able to shoot wherever. And even though we practice in the North Gym, like when it was when it was season time, we had we had practices in the Save Mart. Like okay. if they didn't have a volleyball game or if they didn't have a um, a concert or something going on, we we had a lot. We had a definitely you definitely had enough practices, and especially like the night before the game, we were or the day before the game, we were practicing the Save Mart. We're mostly in the North Gym, more preseason, you know. Or whenever there's something going on in the save mark, for the most part. But we spent a lot. I would say like 60, 40, we were in the save mark. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Who was the uh, best shooter on your teams? Well, I'm going to tell you me. I didn't lose. <laughs> percentages say otherwise, but I didn't lose shooting competitions. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a competitor. So, but if I had to say the best shooter – like, are you asking, like, that senior year or just overall? Who was the best shooter you played with throughout Fresno State time? So the best shooter other than you? Uh, oh, man. Caesar's definitely in there. It's out of Caesar and – oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Hands <laughs> down. Jamil, Jamil Taylor. Hands down. Not even close. Even with Caesar, not even close. Jamil Taylor. <laughs> it's not. It's not even close. And you can ask anybody, and they and they don't say Jamil Taylor. There's a lie. They're alive. <laughs> and I I swear he had like I think he had like some type of I don't know something was in his goggles or something to where they gave him like a dead eye target or something because nah this dude <laughs> this dude was lights out. It was like ridiculous. Like I think at one point I think. He may have shot like 50-something percent from the three-pointer, if I'm not mistaken. At one point, he was shooting like 55% from the three. And it's not like he's taking one three or two three. No, he's shooting all three. 
Uh, one of the games. Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, JT was just lights out. That dude was lights out. Best shooter. Not even close. Yeah, I remember watching him. He was good. He uh, one of the games that since we were talking about some games in uh, a few seconds ago, we were uh, one of the games was I think it was New Mexico game, and it was like the first time you guys beat first time Fresno State had beaten New Mexico in the pit. Mm-hmm. In the pit, I remember that game. Yeah how how is that I I don't have the I sh- I'm gonna go look up your stats really quick for that game. I don't. Man, know I had like I know I, I I mean just going off my head, I had at least thirty seven points that game. 37 or 36, at least. At least. All right, I found it. You ready? Yeah. Was it 36? They're saying 32. 32? My goodness. (laughs) I've been – oh, no, 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 no. I had 37 versus UNLV. My bad. I got the colors colors mixed up. Colors mixed up. 37 I had against UNLV. UNLV, for sure. For sure. Okay. We can we can check that. I'm not lying for sure. All right, it's right here. Yeah, 37 against UNLV. Okay, yeah, I got the colors messed up. I got the colors messed up. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, nah, that game it was because the pit, man. I'm telling you, like, I don't know what's in that gym, but it's not safe for like humans <laughs> because <laughs> it's not safe for that. It, it should be. It should that gym should be to be torn down and rebuilt sea level. All right, because it's it's not okay to have guys playing in that. I'm telling you that first, that first four minutes, that first four minutes, five minutes. Oh my goodness! It's like you're, it's like you're trying to breathe like with a hand over your mouth or something. I'm like, and coach would always say, "Yeah, we're gonna be at a, we're gonna be at a different altitude, different altitude." And you're kind of like, "Long, oh, coach, that don't matter. That don't matter. Yeah, it matters. <laughs> it matters. I can tell you that much. That first five minutes, and, and then in there, it matters because." Once they make that one run, you have to stop the bleeding and beat them because that gym is just so crazy and they get so hectic. Like I remember that that um that that game we always used to try to use like you know how the, the football teams use the cards to show the place. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, yeah, man, this is this is this is a big win, <laughs> big win, sure. It also, uh, it also says you had a career best ten assists, no turnovers that game. At uh, New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, I was dropping. I wasn't on just getting buckets. I was dropping dimes as well. You know, <laughs> I was. Uh, and Juice had a big game there too. I want to say Juice had like. What do you have like twenty-seven points, twenty-five points? Oh man, thirty gotta, points. I'll go back and look. I was just but yeah, on we both yours. Okay, yeah, we both had big games. I know one – I know, I think, what was it, Elijah Brown? I think he had, like, 40, but wasn't enough. <laughs> wasn't enough. That 40 doesn't mean anything with L. <laughs> and it was at home. So, I guess he had a good game, but, you know, he he won the battle, but we won the war. Right. So, I mean, no, nah, that was a that was a high-level game. That was a high-level game, definitely. Mm-hmm. Who was the most hectic crowd at Mountain West? You said New Mexico's crazy. The pit's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was, yeah, they were they were the most hectic crowd at Mountain West. Like San Diego State was more like it was more like a college vibe. Like it was more like a like they were had like a lot of college students in there. Like you know, crazy college students. But like 
New Mexico is like grown moms and dads in there going crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yelling at you. Like those were those, those were grown fans. It's kind of like you're kind of like, damn. That sounds like my mom or dad. Like <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful, but hey, ladies, I'm yelling at me like that. Like they almost yell at you, and then it's like that parent tone too. You're like, wait, should I listen? Should I not? Like, what's going on? <laughs> respect my and elders. Then, yeah, respect my elders, kind of thing. Where you're kind of like, well, I guess I will. I guess I will miss that shot, you know. <laughs> but uh, and then it's like the way their gym is like. Literally, when you're walking in their gym, you're like walking down, like you're walking down, like, and you almost have to be careful when you're walking down because you're a fall, like. It, it goes straight and then it just drops down. And it's like, so it's really like you're in a pit and people are like, you're looking up and it's like these people are just looking at you. So, and it's, it's almost, at least when I was playing there, the pit was every game they had there was full, like full. And their, their gym was not small. It's, I don't know what it fit, but it was, I want to say at least, eight to 10,000, something yeah. like that. But it was always full because they had no other, like they don't have a, they have a freshman team? No. No. They don't have, like New Mexico basketball was like really big for them. They don't really have a, anything, like any other like sports team, like I guess you would say to go to that yeah. I know of. That's their bright lights so right like, there. That That's their, that's their, that's their big league team. And they yeah. were good, so. I mean, those fans definitely played a part in that. All right, be honest with us. What? How come we can't get Save Our Center full? Man. Because I feel you guys had a good team your senior year. We had a very good team. To be honest with you, honestly, you know, I don't got like I said, I'm not going to lie. Um, basketball wasn't – it's not It's not promoted like football is mm-hmm. in Fresno. Like foot, like obviously you know football, but even when football had their down down years, they were like super promoted. Like the promotion is different. Like not saying we weren't promoted, but like like that San Diego State game, we had like what did say Mar hope like thirteen thousand, fourteen thousand, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like that San Diego State game, I think we had like twelve thousand people there when they were undefeated and they came in and we beat them. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee if we get a crowd like that or even a crowd to like seven to 8,000 people a game, it's a, it makes a big difference. Because a lot of those teams, a lot of those teams made runs and won games off the energy of their fans. Because momentum like swings, especially when the crowd's rocking and it's like you're shooting free throws and the ground is shaking, you're kind of like, the hell? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm kind of like, ref, this is cheating. Like the court's moving. <laughs> but it's just it's all in your head because it just it's super it's super loud but I mean for, for Fresno I feel like basketball was never like like obviously we didn't get like we didn't really get high picks but I feel like we played hard and every year every year we were a team battling like we weren't we like we weren't one of those teams you come and you're just gonna like beat like we were a team especially mm-hmm. like I would say after my Going like my from my junior year to about I want to say two years after I graduated, like for those four years, Fresno was like one of the top teams in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. And even I follow this them year. a little bit now. Yeah, I follow them a little bit now, and I see they're doing really good now. But like, obviously, all, hey, you see them doing interviews. 
What's wrong with you? <laughs> you gonna keep going? Okay. Yeah, no, nah, they um, all the guys like I know a couple of guys on the team, but for the most part, the guys who like were at school when I was there are all gone. So you know, I, I don't really I try to keep up, but it's hard to when you don't have like a direct source to what's going mm-hmm. on. But um, yeah, football was just always promoted more than basketball. Did you ever see Fresno State basketball in the past when they played in the Selen Arena and things like that? Like with Coach Tark and those guys? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I was like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> whoa. We need this type of energy because that was crazy. Yeah. I know. Uh, my my dream is to see Save Mar Center full and have the, the culture that used to be in Fresno around basketball. For sure, for sure. Because especially like the teams, the team the team is getting better. Like the team, it's not like like since 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 like my junior year even when we were like we've made runs and we've we've like we've been a good team. Like you're not like we're not a team who we weren't have been a team where you're gonna go watch and be upset. Like even when they lose, we were playing hard, you know? So it's exciting to watch. So I don't see why people wouldn't want to see, see that because there were games, you know, I love the football team too. Me being a football guy, I'm into football, but it was years when football was kind of like, why are people coming to this game? But the, the arena would fill up. And I'm like, well, damn, like, we can't we get this love for basketball? I'm out here scoring 30, 30 <laughs> points a game, and I can't get y'all to come watch this. <laughs> like, what's going on? So, I mean, just the promotion, man. They got to do a better job of, of, of treating football, treating basketball same way as they treat the football team. Mm-hmm. I got a story for you. It's one of my favorite. We uh, we had uh, we're, we're farmers out here in the Central Valley, and we got hooked up with seats under the basket. And you were playing, and you hit an and one uh, layup going to the rack, and you fell almost right into my lap. And and I'm I'm a basketball guy, so I was I stood up and I went to give you a high five just to see what would happen, and you knew it was coming. And you gave me a high five, and dude, my hand still hurts to this day. You were screaming and yelling, yeah. Like we both—it was me and my brother, like, and a, some friends were all yelling, "Let's go!" You yelled at us, smacked my hand, and my hand was red the rest of the night, dude. That was the hardest. My hand has been hit. <laughs> oh man, I apologize for that, but yeah, you know, I love like, if, if fans are involved. Like, I mean, like. If you feeling like what I'm feeling on that energy and then you're showing me that, like I want you to be a part of that. That you know, this this air one is different as much as mine, yours as it is mine. So, you know, you know, oh, I, I love awesome. that. I remember I remember I, I think I gotta stop hitting people's hands so hard because <laughs> I gave I gave Sam <laughs> Sam Bittner, he I had got an and one one game and then I had gave him a high five and I ended up dislocating his finger or something like that. <laughs> it was crazy. Like his finger literally dislocated. And he came the next, <laughs> he came like the next, or he did something to his finger. And he came the next day with like a little cast on the finger. I'm like, dude, what happened to you? Like, <laughs> you know, just joking with him and stuff. Cause I really didn't think it was me. I'm like, what happened dude? Like, cause he had like this little, he had like, future wrist escape where with like a mo control where he could just push go and I remember that. I'm a- yeah and I'm like I'm like what kind of shit is this like yeah, that's dangerous dude <laughs> and um <laughs> you fell off your board or something this and that he's like no bro like 
you remember when you high-fived me in the game? I'm like, what? I was like, oh, yeah, the N one. He was like, yeah, you did this. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, shit, my bad, bro. Like, <laughs> my bad. Like, you want me to get you some ice or something? But, <laughs> yeah, I got to stop. I got to stop high-fiving people so hard. I don't, was there maybe I'll, even... I'll start chest bumping. There you go. <laughs> yeah, chest bump, double guard. Go ahead, Michael. I was going to say, what was the most – do you have, like, a memorable play? Do you ever, like, dunk on some dude where you just, like, just remember that from your time in Fresno? Um, memorable play, memorable play. Let me see. Um, my most memorable play isn't even uh, my play at Fresno. Like, not for me. It's Juice's play in the Mountain West Tournament our senior year. What did he do? It was like – Cause he was like oh for eight, like the, he was like oh for eight or oh for seven, something for like that. Hadn't hit a shot all turn all game. Like he had had a good tournament, but this game he couldn't find the basket. He was like oh for seven. It's the like the like I said, it was like the last minute. They had like throw to try to throw it over the top in the post to one of their big guys. He came weak side, stole it, and then was just dribbling down, dribbling down, dribbling down. Shot a pull up three, cash. So we go up, we go up one. We were down two, and he tried to pull up three. Like, and I think it was under a minute or something. And that was, like, the first shot he hit in the game. And he just, like, he never really celebrated. So he turned around. He was like, ah, ah. He was yelling and stuff. And I was just super hyped. Because when I see him celebrating, I'm like, this dude don't even talk. So if he's hyped, I'm hyped. And then even after that, we had got, like, a, a – I think we had got a steal or something. Then, like, I remember – he had, had got the steal that he kept running, kept running to like the camera on the baseline that he had like waved like bye bye. <laughs> I remember yeah, that so game and that play. Yeah, that, that's like my most memorable play, like for me. To me, I mean, I made a lot of highlight plays, but it's kind of like, I don't know. I, it, it made me like when my guys made certain plays, especially with the juice. Like, I know what that, I know how much that meant to him. So, like, that's like if every time I tell like a story about our tournament, I tell. That play, because I even had a play I think where I was like catching the ball and like I was falling and I like threw it up and scored. But like, nah, that that three and then when he got the steal and then waved to the camera like bye, it's probably like my favorite. Oh, I remember the pull up three, thinking to myself, "What are you doing?" When he shot it in my heart, I'm like, "I love you, but I hate you." What is wrong with you? You missed this (laughs) shot. This is over for us. Like you're woke for seven, swing it. But when he shot it, I was just like. Oh my goodness, it's so juicy. And he turned around. Like this dude, man. That's my guy though. Well dude. You stay in co- in touch with those guys? Yeah, I was just talking to uh Juice the other day. That's good. You guys pretty close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're close. I'm really close with all those guys. We got a uh we got a group chat called Fresno State Finest. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's Fresno State Finals, you know. We made we we. I feel like we made history, or we made we did because we did something. We didn't make history after they've been determined. Like we had did something that hadn't been done in like like the fourteen last time years. They, they murdered tournament was like yeah, like fifteen years. So we felt like we put with that we put Fresno State back on the map. Mm-hmm. When you were That's there, we call ourselves Fresno Finals. <laughs> I like it, Michael. We uh we need to start. A group chat and uh, name it. You know, we need to come up with a name. Yeah, we got to come up yeah, with a good name. Get, for sure. You know, Fresno Finals, that took, that, it took us weeks of, 
you know, <laughs> we, 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 we played with a couple of names, you know, we went back and forth, but that one, that's the one that stuck. <laughs> uh, who was the hardest person to play against when in college? Uh, like opponent? Yes. Individual player or just uh, a team? Let's go both. Both player was uh, Josh Adams. Josh the, Adams for sure. And what made him the toughest? And that's my guy too. He was just he. It, it was he. It was kind of like you know a lot of guys have a green light to where they're able to go do what they want to do, but they're not scoring at a high clip. But like me and him, I think we were both like. In Mountain West, we were both at like 20 plus points. So, like, when he was shooting shots, he was scoring. And at one point, he was like one of the leaders in the nation in scoring, like, not just in Mountain West. So, now nah, that dude was a bucket. And he could, like, he had a pull up, he could shoot threes, and he was going to put you on Sports Center if he caught you. Like, if he got a step on you or got an angle on you, you might as well just make a business decision, move out the way. <laughs> because I, I think our senior year, he might have made sports center like three, four times. Just dunking on dudes or catching alley hoops. And I'm like, this dude, man. <laughs> but, yeah, that dude was tough for sure. And it's funny how we became, like, cool because when they were doing, like, the Mountain West voting, he was, like, talking trash on Twitter. And then I had, like, commented on him talking trash. And we had, like, went back and forth. Then after that, you know, we kind of just became cool. Oh, that's cool. After you, uh, after you graduated, yeah, I mean, or after you were done playing at Fresno, what, what was next? What did you do next? Um, well, after my first year, I played with um, the New York Knicks in the summer league. That was a good experience. I felt like it wasn't a situation for me, though, because of, like I said, you know, basketball. Like you learn basketball like a lot of politics outside of, you know, what's going on because – from what I did in my workout with the Knicks and the reason they wanted to sign me, you would have thought they had intentions on, you know, using me a lot in summer league. But I found myself, like, playing, like, the minutes that were, like, not affecting the game. That I ended up signing in Australia. So my first year, played in Australia, lost in the championship. Mm. Um, after that, I went to Lebanon, played in Lebanon. Then about after we been after like our season had got cut short because our something had happened with our team. Like something had happened, but our team had like folded. Like some weird, some weird stuff happened. So I ended up signing in Belgium, finishing in Belgium, came back, signed to another team in Lebanon, played that season like led the league in scoring. Then I went to like to play in Dubai, won like a, a, a little, uh, it was a championship. They had like a tournament they play in. It was like the best of that area, like that region tournament. We won that. I got like MVP. Then I came back to Lebanon on a two year deal because I was playing with the, um, the national team. So that's why I signed a two year deal. And then after that, here you go. Yeah, after that, I um, played in Egypt, played in Japan, played in 
oh yeah, here in <laughs> Denmark. <laughs> and Denmark, I'm like, where else did I play? What was your favorite place to play in? It sounds like you've been all over the world. My favorite place to play in was Australia. Why is that? Uh, felt like home, kind of. And um, I could do like everything on my own because they speak English. Mm-hmm. And the weather was amazing. My 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 crib they got me was amazing. Um, the league was super nice. Like the league was like really professional. The arenas were big. The fan bases were crazy. So yeah, it was it was definitely Australia. In these leagues overseas, are there a lot of players that are from the states? Yeah, every every team has we're we're, we're called imports. So every team, depending on the leagues you're in, like some leagues, you can have three imports. Some you can have one. Some you can have five. You know, so um, yeah, every every team usually has their Americans they bring in. Mm-hmm. Depending on where you're at, like like on my team, we have we got three Americans. Yeah, three Americans. So one of the guys is uh, Canadian, but he's not American. The other two are American, and then we have two with uh, two African players, but they're uh, they're like they're not American, but they're kind of like American if that makes sense. Like they just they they signed them as um, African players because they have double passports. Got it. Yeah, so kind of like cheating the system a little bit. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> to, be, to, to be honest with you, a lot of teams do it. Like like, like our point guard, instead of signing him as an American or like an import, even if he signs as like an import that's Canadian, he's still an import, but they use – he has a, a continue passport. So he signed as like an African player too. So we have like three players signed as African players. <laughs> and then we got three Americans. Oh, what's the style of play like overseas? I hear it's I hear it's a lot different. Uh, Europe, pretty much like it's like uh, it's more um, it's not as high pace. Like they're they're getting to a point where like the games are speeding up, but it's not as high pace as like the states. Like it's more like structured. It's more like technical and like fundamental basketball. Like guys are like don't get me wrong. You have guys who can who can play and do the same things we do in the states, but. It's more like the defense is like crazy because it's like you, there's no three seconds. So like the help side defense is kind of like, it's crazy. Like in the NBA, you know, a guy, but if you beat your dude, you're pretty much going to go get a dunk or something here. You beat your dude. It's a dude sliding over ready to take a charge. It's a dude rotating. Like, it's just like, it's kind of like college basketball, but like a higher level of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Cause you have guys who are like ex NBA guys. You are guys who, you got guys literally overseas who could be in the NBA, like who who probably turned down deals of two-way contracts or whatever it is to be in the NBA because they're going to make more money overseas. You ever want to yeah, come back uh, to the States to play? Of course. That's that's always going to be my goal. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I don't really see myself like – I mean, I see myself like I, like I could play in the um, – the, like the G League and things like that, but it would have to make sense because where I'm at this point in my with my life and my family, like it's more you know it's more about the financial. Like I know everybody has their dream and things like that, but like now I have mouths to feed. Like, I got a son, 
you know, I just bought a house. Like, I got bills to pay, so I can't be out here risking it all. I can't be out here <laughs> risking it all on a dream, you know. Like at the end of the day, I'm living my dream. I'm playing. I'm playing basketball, and it's been able to take me across the world. I've been able to provide for all of my family, you know, buy all the things I wanted, you know. So, I mean, if I could get that that contract, you know, and it's something that makes sense for me financially, then yeah, I'm all for it. But I'm, it's not like. If I never played a day in the NBA, I would be like sad because, like I said, I'm living my dream. Like I'm playing basketball for a living. Mm-hmm. Who's the funniest teammate you've ever played with? Probably me. <laughs> <You're> the- <laughs> no, <I'm> just- <laughs> no, the funniest teammate I play with. Let's see. Um, this is a tough one because all of us are like goofballs. Like it's like. <laughs> It's crazy. Like everybody's their own different kind of funny. Like you got the, you got the, like the ones who say funny things. You got the ones who do funny things. Funniest teammate. Oh, this is tough. It might be Nate Grimes. I I don't think it might be Nate Grimes. I think it's Nate Grimes. I don't think I played with Nate. Did I play with Nate? Was Nate on the team when I was there? I think so. See, that's how I tell, I'm telling you, I'm getting old. I'm getting seen. I can't even remember things. <laughs> but, now nah, Nate is hilarious. Like, Nate says funny things. And he does the goofiest thing. And it's kind of like he's 6'8". So, when he does it, it's kind of like, dude, you're too big to behave this way. It's like, kind of like, like, like when Shaq does things. It's like, it's hilarious because it's like, Shaq, you're too big to be like, what are you doing? Yeah, Grimes so, was a freshman when you were a senior. Okay, yeah, Grimes, Nate Grimes. Yeah, Nate Grimes definitely is one of the fun. Or Terrell, too. Terrell was hilarious, too. Those, ah, it's a tough one. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go verbally, it's Terrell. Physically, it's Nate. Because Nate, Nate could contort his body and do shit that he shouldn't have been able to do at 6 8. And I'm like, 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 come on, bro. This, like, what are you doing? And then Terrell just would say the craziest things. And then it's like he's big. He's a big guy, so he's like, like he'll just out of nowhere. I like, will be. And he's like, come on, guys, really, guys. We don't have to behave this way. We don't have to behave like animals. Like, <laughs> so he was just like, I'm like Terrell. Come on now. You're talking like a fifth grade teacher or something. Like, like you're a sinner. You're a sinner. Like you're a bruiser. <laughs> be mean. But he was so nice. It was just like, why are you so nice all the time? You talk about being mean. Uh, Sam Bittner was – see, he seemed pretty mean and tough. What? Sam? Was he that <laughs> nah, way? Sam, nah, Sam just had the, 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 the little the, – the, the tough look. But Sam was sweet, man. Sam, <laughs> don't get me wrong. He was a tough player. Like, he was, like, tough as nails. But, like, off the court, these guys are, like – these guys are, man. They're just big teddy bears? These guys – these guys are humongous teddy bears, humongous. Like Sam, the greatest. <laughs> Sam's a great guy. He's, he's like he's. I'm just like, but on the on the court, like I can get I can get what he said on the court. He it will be sometimes where I'm like, Sam, get away from me. Like, why are you guarding me today? Go guard somebody else. I don't have the time for this. I just took <laughs> I just took a three hour Monday night class last night. Like you're not guarding me today. <laughs> T- today's my chill day. <laughs> One of the things I've written down that I wanted to ask you, and I've thought about this for a while, is you know in the the state of college basketball now, we got, you got, even when you were there, guys transferring like crazy. 
But you yeah. stayed. You stayed at Fresno State. You committed and stayed. Why was that? I mean, I had the opportunity to transfer too, but it's kind of like it's kind of like, like why are you? Why why are you transferring? I can I can promise you, like eighty percent of these guys are transferring just because they don't want to face adversity. Mm-hmm. I would even say ninety percent. Like me, I, I it's kind of like you started something, you know the program. It's kind of like I can understand if if your programs in shambles and things are are happening that you can't control, like things behind the scenes with the staff, things like that. But like a lot of these guys are transferring because oh. I didn't play good or like they blame people for them not playing good or, Oh, this guy just came in. They just signed this guy. Like, I don't want to compete with this guy. I'm just going to go transfer somewhere. And I, it always catches up to you if you're transferring for the wrong reason. So, I mean, me, I just felt like this is, this is the place I need to be. This is the place I want to win. I don't, I want to, I want to like, I want to be a part of, starting a winning culture you know I don't want to be one of those guys who just transferred and hops on a bandwagon I want to be one of the guys who create that bandwagon you want to jump on mm-hmm. so I mean that's why I never left and plus my dad wasn't having it I probably couldn't have went home if I transferred <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds like your dad was a big part of uh, your your career and I'm sure still mm-hmm. is hopefully and uh, how how did your dad? Can you tell us more about your dad and the role that he played? Um, yeah, he uh, pretty much my whole life. Like my dad was on dialysis until he passed. He was uh, on dialysis from like I think he was still on. He was like got on dialysis like the year I was born, like nineteen ninety three. Wow, and he was like on that like dialysis my whole life, which is like a rare thing because usually. You know, Dallas is on like a five-year thing where you either, you know, you're kind of like you're on it and then, you know, that's life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you either get that transplant or usually you don't make it. And he was on it for like – it was even an article. Like they did like article on him. I remember like the city of how he's been on there. And I remember like how he was telling me like he – I went through like four different sets of people. Like he went with some people, these people, then he passed. They passed. Then new set come in, they passed. The new set they came in passed. And it's not like he went through these groups of people who I came in, you know. And they the people he was going to dialysis with, these are older people, these are people in their sixties, you know, people at the end of their their life, you know, where they have they need this to survive type thing. And um for me in basketball, he was just like what he went through on a day to day basis, like going to dialysis, you know, three days, four days a week, and then still being able to, you know, show up to games drive up to Fresno, you know, be there for my family and do everything to support us and everything. You know, for me, that was just everything. So I felt like I owed him everything. And uh, he never gave up, never quit. He was always there for me and my brothers. Taught us how to be like protectors, take care of each other and things like that. So, you know, he played a big role in everything I did. And also, he was like six nine. I was. I didn't want that. I didn't want no problems with him. He was like six nine, three hundred <laughs> pounds. <laughs> you don't want to get put in that chokehold, right? <laughs> the chokehold you stay away from. Well, it sounds like he was a tough guy, and you can see it in in yourself on the basketball court. For sure, football guy too. Oh yeah, yeah. He was kind of like when I played when I. I remember, I, well, I remember when I was signing to play basketball, he was like, yeah, you can go ahead and play that soft court. I'm like, <laughs> what? 
Like, I, I don't think it's a soft sport. It's like tennis or something. There's still a lot of contact. <laughs> you come like anytime there's blood and they stop the game, you know, it's a soft sport. I'm like, I feel like anytime there's blood, something needs to be stopped. So, like, that's not, <laughs> that's not something that you should look forward to. Hey, he's bleeding. Yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, back in his day, they care. Yeah, like back in his day, like, man, I was watching I was watching highlights of older games. I'm like, this is rugby. <laughs> this is rugby. This isn't basketball. This is rugby. This uh-huh. is rugby. What are these guys doing? I'm like, these guys are like, I promise. I've seen, I don't know where I've seen it. Somebody was playing with, like, a neck brace on. I don't know if y'all seen this or came across this picture. What? It's like a dude playing with a neck brace on, like, literally to hold his neck up. Basketball you, playing man, basketball? Ba- no excuses. No excuses. That was the motto back then. He had a neck brace on. I'm telling you, when I find this picture, I'm 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 a I'm a DM you this picture. And I'm just kind of like, wait, this is this is this is the energy they were coming with. Yeah, I'm glad I was born 20 years later. I'm glad I wasn't a part of this. Oh man. Yeah, it sounds sounds I always heard, are you hurt or are you injured? That dude was injured. He definitely should have been on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, that dude was. That dude should have been retired. That dude was out there with a neck brace. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, one of the questions I always I ask everybody that we have on um, is what the what does the green V mean to you after going through your time at Fresno State? Well, it took me about three years to even realize that was a green V. And, and, and what it, it stood for, but I was kind of like, I just thought it was just like a cool little some symbol or something. Yeah. Oh, that's a green V. It was kind of like one of those moments where you're kind of like, duh. And I'm like, uh, nah, you know, that's just, I feel like that's, that's like, that's literally like the, the blueprint of just the community, like hard workers. You know, blue collar work, people who are clocking in, clocking out, everybody, like, you know, getting things done. I feel like it's like a solid foundation, you know, people you can depend on. It's close knit, like, people are a family, they look out for each other and things like that. So, you know, for me, that's that was, you know, those that was the culture we were trying to build when we were at we State. And I felt like, you know, the community really embodied that. And even the fans now who were there with me still keep in contact, ask about my family, ask about how I'm doing and stuff like that. You know, and it's kind of like, I have, I remember I went to Fresno after like four years. So I had to see these, see some of these people and they treated me like I was just there the other day, like family, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it's people you wouldn't even know remembered you like security guards or, you know, like little kids who are like, when you were there, I go there and they're like my height now. I'm like, damn. I'm really old, like, <laughs> I'm really old, but yeah, like, you would think you didn't even remember, they're like, I remember you, do you remember me? They have pictures of when you were at a basketball camp with them, you know, maybe you 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 played one-on-one with them and things like that, so I think that's what that V stands for, you know, all of those things, for me, at least. Mm-hmm. But, like, once you're a part of that family, you know, you always are. Yeah. No, you got Fresno's Finest as well, still talking. So, yeah, Fresno's finest, man. Shout out to the group chat. <laughs> uh, and Michael, I don't know if you want to jump in now, but I, the last thing, or the last thing I always ask um, everybody is, I ask them about faith, and if if you if faith played a role in your journey, 
Um, whatever you put your faith in, I like, you know, mm-hmm. people to share about that. Yeah, no, I definitely, you know, just from what I was battling off the court, like with my father and stuff, not to like faith was the only thing, you know, that got him through because, you know, the life expectancy for people in Dallas is only around like five or so years. So faith is always a big part, you know, and um, <clears throat> just believing in something bigger than yourself. I mean, that's what we were taught. That's what I, you know, I try to teach my son, even though he's, at the time, he's just slobbering and drooling. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, it, it means, it means a lot to me, you know. And um, if you channel it the right way and you do the right things, then, you know, I feel like it comes back tenfold. So, yeah, that, that means, that's a big part in everything I do even now, you know. It means a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. No, man, I appreciate you, uh, your time this morning and talking with us. Uh, and, dude, you were the man at Fresno. So it was fun to watch you play, man. You played a lot of joy, a lot of fun, crossing mm-hmm. dudes, hitting threes, dunking on people. It was fun, man. It was fun. I hope you enjoyed your time at Fresno because, I mean, all-time leading scorer. Hey, a lot of people remember you, man. I hope so. I hope my record – I'm fine. You know, I always – now that I'm not time to score, I'm kind of praying people don't catch my record, you know? you kind of like, <laughs> when you go off of that record, you're kind of like, come on, root for me, you guys. I'm going to get here. Let's do this. But when, you, when you're when you on the top of that mountain, you're kind of looking down, like, kind of like kicking dirt a little bit. I hope people, like, kind of, like, slip on rocks. But I'm like, hey, I hope y'all don't catch me for at least 20, 30 years. I need to, I need to, enjoy, I need to enjoy the top for a little bit. Did you know when you broke it? No, I had no clue. I, I, I found out after the game, and then I was just kind of like – because the game, I think I broke it in the Utah State game on the road. Because that game, we were just having a bad game. Like, like it was just – not a bad game. We were just going through the motions. It was right before the tournament. It was kind of like we had secured our spot type thing, and I don't think the game had that big of an impact. I think – I don't know if they did or if they didn't. But I know, like, the second half, I just, like, I just turned, like, I don't know what happened, but I just locked in, and I had, like, I don't know, I just, I went crazy, like, in the second half of that game. And I just remember after, like, getting on my phone and seeing the congratulations and things like that. So, that was cool. It was a cool moment. I'm going to steal Michael's question that he asked everybody. I hope that's all right. Or, Michael, why don't you ask the question that you asked everybody? No, you can do it. I'll, I'll give you permission this time. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Michael likes – he – well, one, I'm going to throw Michael under the bus here, and then I'll ask his question. So, Michael, I'm, I'll just throw you under the That's bus. That's fine. And That's then okay. you That's ask okay. a question. Wouldn't, ask wouldn't, a... Be the first, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, the, uh, no, um, Michael was – he before, he's, he's praying because he's like, I, I don't know if I'm going to, like – what do you call it? Like fanboy over Marvell? I Marvell was awesome. He's the record. He holds the yeah, record. Dude, you're the man. I, I told him he'll, he'll be fine. He's normal. Uh, yeah, I'm a normal guy. I was so. I mean, I was praying you were normal too. So it turned out. <laughs> <we're>, we, <laughs> but no, the uh, Michael asked everybody, "What um, is it? Post game or pregame meal?" Um, well, we do post game and pregame. You, well, I you didn't have a choice. Yeah, we 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 post game and pregame. What was but, the what was the best one? The best one was the tri tip, man. When they used to give us that post game, 
Try to the doghouse grill. I still tell people about the doghouse grill to this day. Oh man, I get the like, pulled pork when I go. Is that bad? Yeah, that's a sin. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, sometimes I went to I went to Fresno's, you know, with the intention to get a tri tip over watch a basketball game, and I ended up at the basketball game. But that's between <laughs> us. You know, I, I went out there thinking, hey, this is gonna be a, this this just four hours is gonna be worth this tri tip, and then hey, maybe I can catch a basketball game after. You know, so it was definitely it was the tri tip from Doghouse Group. Oh, the barbecue sauce. Put that on there. It's money. Oh, my goodness. You know, I kind of overdosed on that the first year, my first year at State. I had so many tri-tip sandwiches. And, like, I had, I ate so much doghouse grill that for the next year, I couldn't even eat doghouse grill. Like, it would make me sick if I tried to eat it. <laughs> like, it was that. Like, it would make me sick, literally. And I was kind of like, no, I can't do it. So, my sophomore year, I think I ate doghouse grill, like, twice. In my senior year, I just went back, but I made sure to do it on a weekly basis instead of, you know, overdo it. Yeah, I couldn't do – like, I remember one week I had tri-tip sandwiches and the fries for the whole week. Every wow. day? Five days or seven yeah. days? Seven days straight. That, and it tasted better every day. <laughs> <laughs> it tasted better every day. It got better and better. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how you put the weight on. A, yeah, for sure. That's when I knew I had a problem. <laughs> I was like, hey, so you might have to take me into one of these facilities because I can't put the tri-tip down, man. I'm losing friends. I'm losing family. <laughs> it's, it's bulking season. Yeah, I was like, he was like, he was like, all right, my fail. We're going to take care of you. We're going to get you right. Thanks, coach. I appreciate it. I'm going to come out a better man after this. <laughs> <laughs> who had the, Who has the best food around the world? Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I, that is a tough one. Uh, what? How about this? How was the sushi in Japan? Off the charts, incredible. Oh, off the charts, and they have a. It was like a table, and they just keep going round and round and round, and they keep putting sushi on it. And it just goes in a circle, and then you grab which one you want. Oh my god! It was gosh. like it that's was like dream. sushi heaven, and that's the thing. That's why I say like it depends on the person or what type of mood you're in. Because you like I've had the Japan sushi, like the uh, the sushi from the Japan, then like the lamb and, and things from like Turkey and stuff like that. Like it was just like like I, I was like, oh my goodness, this is this is amazing. What's the best thing to eat in Denmark? Denmark has Denmark has amazing food too, but they have like it's kind of like a melting pot. Thing. Like right now, my favorite place is this place called Memphis Roadhouse. Memphis Roadhouse. Sorry, we, it cut out just a sec right after you said Memphis Roadhouse. Oh, I was saying Memphis Roadhouse. Like they have this, this uh, Wednesdays. They have kind of like all oh, you can eat wings. So I try to go there, and then I kind of like one time I was telling myself maybe I can taste taste like this Tupperware, and I can just like slide some wings <laughs> in there. Hey, that's American home, food. That's a yeah. I, hey, I'm telling you. Sometimes it's like they put their little spin on it. But the guy was like, he's from like it's this cool owner. He's from like uh, well, yeah, obviously he's from Memphis. No, he's from no, he's not from Memphis. He's from Philly. So it threw me off. I'm like, so a dude's Philly, making Memphis barbecue in Denmark when he's from Philly. 
<laughs> exactly. I'm like, what's going on here? Why are these wings so good? You're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Like this. <laughs> nah, but yeah, they uh, I don't even know what's the what's like the 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 food here that you know it's like they're, they they it's their food. Like, sure. yeah, like don't have, don't but I know when I was in Belgium, I had like some Belgian chocolate, and like that chocolate was like. And I had a Belgian waffle. I haven't had you ever had Belgian chocolate on a Belgian waffle? No. No. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It shouldn't be. It should be one of the things that you should only get once in a lifetime because it's so special. Hmm. Like, like, and it was just like, I would even you know me. I even got crazy and ice cream scoop on top of there. <laughs> Well, yep. what's, what are the crowds like overseas when you're playing ball? Um, it always depends on like the um, the uh, the team and certain teams you're playing with. Sometimes you'll have a team where they're like they've won so much where their fan base is crazy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll have a team where they're kind of like they have like a, a really good soccer team or something like that. So that so like the people are more soccer fans than they are basketball. And then um, other times you'll have, like, teams that are, like, on the up and coming, so they'll have good crowds. So, like, so what, what country is the best atmosphere for basketball? If I'm going to go overseas and watch basketball, where should I go? It depends on what type of – do you like the crazy fans, the ones who are, like, out there, like – Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're kind of, like – Hey, you gotta watch our. We gotta watch our back after this. We gotta. You gotta get out of this gym fast. I've heard Turkey's um, kind of scary. I was just played in Turkey. I just had a game in Turkey because we're playing an international competition. We just had a game in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those fans aren't anything to play with. I tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, that much. I had fans DMing me, telling me to retire from basketball. I'm like, <laughs> dude. Oh my gosh. We haven't even played yet. You don't even know me. I can fall. Yeah, I can be the greatest person in the world. You just coming to hear me. <laughs> like, like their fans are like on it. I'm like, bro, how do you even find me? That's funny. Yeah, Turkey fans are, are wild. Like, they're, they're for sure wild. I know in uh, Australia, in Perth, they fill up their arena. Every, it seems like every game it says record attendance. I'm like, are y'all adding a seat every game? Like, <laughs> Why one? Like, that one literally, their last probably like four or five games is record attendance. Record attendance. I'm like, are y'all building the stadium as y'all play? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like today they had like thirteen thousand like fans. I'm like, okay. Now if they put record attendance this next time, I'm going on Instagram and I'm saying you guys are lying. Not possible. There's no more seats left in this arena. <laughs> so, so you're in Denmark. That's funny. Sorry, I, I, I said it was. I was gonna ask you one more thing, like five questions ago. I'm sorry. Um, you good? <laughs> you're in Denmark now, and what's what's we talked about the weather, and you said it's freezing cold. It's a different type of cold there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got the family there. What what is does your family follow you around now? Uh, wherever you go, to like when you're traveling Europe and Asia and things. Well, like that? yeah, usually. Uh, well, I just had my son, so this is the first time he's changed because when he was born, it was like COVID had just outbroke, so mm-hmm. there was really no basketball being played at that time. 
And uh, so I was pretty much home like for six months. Like when he was born, I was home for like six months. And then I had left. Then I had literally came back. But I was like back and forth, back and forth because there was like COVID. It would be a COVID outbreak, get sent home, things like that. So uh, this is the first time he came. But for the most part, like they'll, they'll come most like they'll come, you know, be here for a certain amount of time, then go back. Probably come again, then go back with me when I go back. Yeah, that's the plan. That's good. Get the family going with you. Yeah, definitely. This is the first Christmas I spent with him. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, usually um, on Christmas, I'm sitting here lonely drinking hot cocoa, crying, watching Christmas movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We laugh. Sorry, that's not funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it's funny when it'll be funny when it's it's funny when it's not happening to you. I can understand that. <laughs> well, I'm sure. glad you got him there this year. Yeah, for sure. My son's terrorizing everything. I brought him a train, and it's the biggest regret I ever done. <laughs> like he he won't turn the train off. It's it'll be like 12 a.m. He's like cutting the train on, and then like he's not even using the train. He just wants to hear the train making a choo choo sound. And I cut it off. He starts crying. I'm like, dude, you're not even <laughs> using the train. Like, you just you just want the train on. Like, what are you a conductor? <laughs> so, what did you learn when it comes to being a, a father? What did you learn from your dad? Don't you- have kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, for me, um, I learned, you know. Pretty much everything, the, the, the person I am is because of my dad. So, you know, pretty much everything I know I learned from, you know, from sports to, you know, how to treat people, to how to carry myself, things like that. So pretty much with my son, I'm going to try to instill all of that in him. And, um, yeah, hopefully I can be half the father my dad was. It, uh, did he ever spank you? Of course. Yes. Spankings were customary in, in, in my house. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to you the age so I can, you know, I got a, I got a little, I got a little, a little paddle in a, in a, a case, you know, <laughs> waiting. a shrine. It's in a shrine. Wait until he comes of age, and I'm gonna say, you do the honor sign. Go bring me that paddle. <laughs> Whack how? But you know, nowadays, nowadays you can't even spank your kids because you know. Kids got phones and stuff. He might set me up. He might have a hidden camera and a teddy bear or something. Next thing you know, I'm in jail for 10 years. <laughs> uh, hey, spare the rod, so spoil sure the just, child. Yeah, I'll just make sure I'll, I'll uh, cut the lights off for the camera. Unless he, I hope he don't got like some extra vision goggle cameras or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, then I'm done for. Though uh, no, Michael and I are with you. We, we're on a team paddle. Team paddle. Gotta use yes, it. Gotta it. use it. That could be a hey, that could be a good that could be, that could be a good group chat thing. Team paddle. <laughs> That's a good team battle. I'm, I'm just saying, just saying, you know. Sometimes sometimes if the group name, the group, the group chat names are right in your face. You just gotta you just gotta open your eyes. For sure. <laughs> well, Marvell, thank you so much, man, for coming on and taking taking some of your time and talking to us. Thank you guys for having me. I'm always available. You know, I really don't have any friends, but uh, well, thank you guys for being my friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, appreciate you, man. Yeah, no, no problem, man. Call us whenever. Cool.
And whenever Don't be surprised you're... if every show I'm calling you guys because I need somebody <laughs> to talk to. That's fine. We're, we're, we're happy to. Right. And I whenever you're, a, I might become a member of the, whole, of the whole podcast. <laughs> you want to be a host? That's fine with us. We... Yeah, I can be like a special <laughs> host. You know? well, there you know. go. We need help covering basketball, so. Sure, I got you guys. <laughs> uh, and whenever you're in town, whenever you make your way back to Fresno, let us know. We're happy to hook you up with whatever we can. We can go to dog. Yeah, we can set up. We can set up right in front of the doghouse grill and do you know a, a special. There we go. Any any other stories you want to share with us about Fresno State? About your time there? If I did that, we'd be on this all <laughs> night. We got to We got to We got to leave the people wanting more. We yeah, there we go. Wanting more. We'll have you come go. back on. For sure. For sure. Perfect. We can talk some trash on the, the Ravens. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. I would love nothing more than that. They've been they've been letting me now. I need I need somewhere outside of Twitter to let out my frustration. The Twitter world doesn't understand me. Well, we can talk trash on all the teams as long as it's not the Niners. Oh yeah, no, I, well, I, I definitely can't do that. I definitely won't be there. <laughs> the Niners, the first team on a they're the first they're the first team on the uh, on the chart. Oh shoot. Hey, Marvell, thanks so much. You get back to the family and uh, taking care of uh, your son. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you guys. Happy holidays. Huh? And, you know, yeah. hopefully hopefully we can do a part two. Yeah, come come down when you're in Fresno. All right, sounds good. All right, man. All right. Go, go dogs. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Go dog. Go dog. <laughs>